I'll just out hike them. But I'm like, why do I have to deal with this? Yeah. It's so frustrating. And I also had the thought of just because I'm a single woman on the Appalachian trail does not mean I am interested in you. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Hello. Hey, we are back with another Gotta Run Racing episode. Tidy ho <laughs> What's happened in the world of Gotta Run Racing? Well, the weather's getting better. The clocks have gone forward. Spring is here. So they say. Yeah. And uh, before you know it, you guys are going to be out on the trails. Of the Lost Treasure Trail Race. Yeah, that's our first race of the season coming up on the long May weekend. Yeah. Saturday, May 20th. So you can get your racing in the morning and then head up north if you're going to camp or going to the beach. Whatever. Whatever. We got 5, 10, and 25K coming your way. All right. (laughs) And who's on the podcast today? Well, today we have Meredith Johnson currently living in Salt Lake City, Utah. She's a through hiker. And for those of you that don't hike, that means hiking end to end the length of a trail continuously. So you know how you can do the Bruce Trail end to end in sections, or you can do it as a one whole giant hike. She's done the Appalachian and Pacific Crest Trails. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk to her about that. And she's run self-supported Rim to Rim to Rim, Zion and Teton Crest. And she did her first 100 miler last year in Utah. The Bear. The Bear. The Bear 100, which is not an easy one. No, it isn't. (laughs) She's also the founder of Women of the Wasatch, which is how I came across her. There was an article online about women running groups. Mm. And this is why, this is what she had to say in that article. Okay. When I first moved to Salt Lake City in 2019, I struggled to find women to adventure with. Most of my running buddies were male and had different goals than me. I knew women trail runners were out there, but didn't see a channel to foster connections. When forming the group, I wasn't just looking for running buddies. I was looking for a way to empower and connect women and to give back to the trails and community. I want women to have a reliable community for not only training, but weekend trips, volunteering, wine nights, book clubs, trail maintenance, and more, which I love. I love that because we need more women in this sport, especially in ultras. Yes. And they need to feel they're welcomed, that they have a safe space. And I think if they try it, they're going to fall in love with it. Yeah. So. I like how it's it's a wine night, not a beer night. Women love beer. <laughs> like, why does women? It's wine night for women. No. <laughs> and now you can mix wine and beer together. <laughs> yeah, we had that actually in Utah. <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> All right. So, without further ado, here is Meredith coming up. Hi. How are hey, you? Hey, Meredith. Doing well. How are you? Good. So great to meet you guys in person. Great to meet you too. Hello. <laughs> the reason that we wanted to have you on today is I came across an article online. I think it was Trail Runner Mag where your group, one of the women of the Wasatch, was mentioned, and I thought it was such a timely conversation to have. 
Um, and we'll get into that a little later. But first, we just want to introduce our listeners to who you are and what you're all about. And we usually like to go back to the very beginning. So we know you're a hiker slash runner, <laughs> but did you actually run track or cross country in school? Yeah, so I grew up uh, running cross country and track. I had an older sister that I wanted to be like. And when she was a senior, I was in sixth grade. She did cross country. So I did cross country. She did track. So I did track. Um, But usually it was a way for me to just make friends. Um, So I always thought it was funny when I'd be in school and people were like, that's not a team sport. And I'm like, it 100% is a team sport. I feel like we just got so close uh, running with our team and just chatting and really getting to know each other because when you're running with someone you get into every detail of life or if you're <laughs> like playing soccer or something you're not having those deep existential crisis conversations so was a runner uh growing up i was always the sixth or seventh runner on the team so i never had to compete which <laughs> i loved i don't think i like competing i get really nervous and if i do compete i try to make it as fun as possible because uh, competition or like having goals really scares me. Um, <laughs> it's more about completing things for me. And then I stopped running when I was in college. I uh, didn't really have a team behind it, didn't have the motivation and still graduated college, didn't really run, ran out on and off. And then I had been working a lot. I was like working corporate America, had been working 80 hours a week. And that's when I was that's enough. I need to go and through hike the Appalachian Trail. Sounds like <laughs> probably a lot of people's story for why they leave their job and go and hike through hike. So after I through hiked, literally the day I finished, I signed up for my first ultra marathon because oh, wow. my thought was, how am I going to maintain this and keep the the high that you get from through hiking? <laughs> And I had a friend, Will Chung, who was, you do it through ultra running. Just go and sign up for this race with me. So I signed up for my first race and the rest is history. Now I'm run all the time. (laughs) Wow. Now you grew up, I believe, on the East Coast. Did you go to school on the West Coast? Like, How did you get? I grew up in Florida. So the biggest hill that we had was called Mount Dora, which I think was 300 feet above sea level. (laughs) Grew up there and I would spend my summers in Asheville, North Carolina, which have you all ever been there before? It's gorgeous. Not Asheville. We've been to Raleigh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, My sister and brother-in-law in that area, but Asheville in particular just has these really beautiful mountains and I would spend my summers there. And when I was 15, once you're a little bit older and are um, at the summer camp, you then get the opportunity to go on a trip on the Appalachian Trail. So I went on that trip there. I was 15 at the time and met through hikers. I was like, that's so cool. But that was probably the time in my life when I realized I was a mountain person living (laughs) in Florida. And when I was looking at schools, uh, Virginia Tech, which is where I went for undergrad, I knew that it was 30 minutes away from the Appalachian Trail, which is something that I had grown up loving. And I moved there and spent a lot of time hiking, not really running at that time. I don't think I knew trail running existed. (laughs) And through hiking is what really, really set me over the edge where I was, why am I living here? I need to be in the mountains. And when I moved to Salt Lake City, after I did an Appalachian Trail through hike, tried to go back to normal life in DC, (laughs) did not succeed. (laughs) 
then did another through hike the next summer of the Pacific Crest Trail. And after the Pacific Crest Trail, I was like, okay, like I'm going to go on a little uh, road trip. I'm going to explore the Mountain West. And I arrived in Salt Lake City and the access to the mountains was insane. I was <laughs> picked up everything and moved out here and I, I love it so much. And wow. you know, That's running. Awesome. Well, we are not hikers per uh -huh. se. We're runners, yeah. although yeah. they go sort of hand in hand. In fact, when I'm running in a race and there's an incline and I'm forced to hike, I slow down so much <laughs> to the point. And here is an example where I was running Javelina. You ever heard oh, of Javelina? Yeah, all incredible. I was running Javelina <laughs> and in the last loop, it was this incline and I was doing a run, but I was trying <laughs> to keep up with a hiker. And, it took me, oh, okay. and I finally caught him and I said to him, and he was an older guy in his late 60s. And I said, you know, it took 20 hours to catch you. And he said to me, I've been hiking wow. since 1971 <laughs> and I could oh, not stay with him. So I, I'm asking you, <laughs> what is the secret to how did you get into the progression of a one day to multi day? And the, 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 how do you train yeah, for such so, a big event like this? For through hiking, we the call it, yeah. um, well, actually, for my first one, I had so much imposter syndrome and was like so scared about, can I even do this? And I, oh, it's so lame now that I think about it, but I actually would bring my backpack and put a climbing rope in it. And at the climbing gym, I went on the stair stepper and I did that all for a month leading up to when I started the Appalachian Trail. And I don't think I actually needed to do that. For the Pacific Crest Trail, I didn't do any training. But uh, the first two weeks, we call it getting your, your hiker legs. So someone can start the Appalachian Trail not in shape at all. And it's super painful the first two weeks. Like you don't <laughs> sleep because you're just in constant pain. You just feel this buzzing on your legs and your feet. And you, we call it vitamin I, we take lots of vitamin I, so ibuprofen. <laughs> and once we get past those two weeks, then you're just in shape. So I think one of my favorite ways, if I had unlimited time off, would be training for a race, just going in through hiking, and then I'd be ready for it. Really, eh? Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it really translates so well into ultra running, especially as you get into those longer distances. And one of my uh, best friends here, um, her name is Joanne, and she is a super strong runner. And we went on a backpacking trip in Washington last summer. And I was really worried about keeping up with her. But since we weren't running, we were hiking. She was like, you guys are so fast. Like, there you go. Yeah. And <laughs> she ended up running with her backpack. We were backpacking and I was like, cool. Yeah, fast pack. So then she started running for a little bit. But it was kind of funny to see this person that I put on a pedestal of being like a super fast runner. As soon as we hike, I'm like, ha ha, this is my territory. <laughs> I agree. I have to run to stay with the hikers. And that is just incredible, especially yeah. when we were in uh, Switzerland. Wasn't oh, it? I was just going to say, actually, when you're in Europe at a trail race in their backyard, they <laughs> are absolutely amazing climbers because this is their training ground. Yeah, they're walking. And we can't run fast enough to keep up with them. It's unbelievable. Crazy.
the Wasatch is like that too. I think that's why so many incredible athletes are like pumped out of here because there is no switchbacks. You have to go straight up a mountain. <laughs> and when I first moved here, it was really humbling. So I was so exhausted and I felt like you really had to get in shape with these mountains, but it's made me into a better athlete because everything is straight up so much elevation. Nice. Now, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with the Appalachian and Pacific mm-hmm. Crest, but we'd like to just do a little summary, if you oh, would, yeah. of your experiences on that. And by starting, just telling everyone, for example, Appalachian, how long is it? Mm-hmm. Where did you go from north to south or vice versa? How long did it take? Let's do a little summary of that. Yeah, of course. Um, so the Appalachian Trail goes from Georgia to Maine. It's about 2,200 miles. I was out there for uh, exactly 118 days. I still remember to this day. <laughs> and you stop along the trail at um, different trail towns where you get food and then you fill up for your next little three-day hike. And then you go and backpack for three days, hitchhike into town, do it over and over and over again until you complete it. And the Pacific Crest Trail, same thing, but it goes from Mexico to Canada. You go through the entire state of California, which takes forever, and then (laughs) Oregon, and uh, you finish it off with beautiful Washington. Wow. Do you, do you get a, a trail name at the end of these trails? I, you get one at the beginning. So oh. at the beginning of the trail, everyone is wanting to name you. And you're wanting to name other people too, because it's really exciting when you give someone else their name. You're like, ooh, they liked it. They kept it. And you're allowed to decline a name. So if it you, you're like, no, like I don't like that one, you can say no. <laughs> but my childhood best friend, who also went to the summer camp with me, fell in love with the North Carolina mountains, Appalachian trail. Since I was super nervous, she started it with me and did that a hundred miles. And while she was with me, we ended up chatting with some folks and I was super clumsy and kept falling. And someone was like, why are you so clumsy? And my friend said, it's probably because of her 11th toe. And they go, what? And she's like, yeah, no, really. She had an 11th toe. And so I had an extra big toe on my right foot. And for most of my life, I was really pigeon toed on that right foot. Mm. And I had to like correct it through orthotics and everything. But I would trip over myself all the time. It's gotten much better, much, much better. Eleven's a character from Stranger Things too, right? It it is. So it came, uh, I was through hiking in 2018. I think Stranger Things came out in 2017 or 2018. So everyone loved Uh, referencing that as well. And one guy that I was hiking with looked like one of the other characters. So they're like, it's so fitting. We love it. Wow. What did you learn about yourself on the Appalachian? (laughs) Uh, The Appalachian Trail was the one that really changed my life. I think about Meredith before the Appalachian Trail and Meredith um, after the Appalachian Trail. And it really taught me you can do hard things and are super resilient I actually, when I was in Virginia, fell and broke my elbow and I had to get off the trail for surgery and rehab. So I was off the trail for six weeks. Wow. So I uh, called my parents the day that it happened and I was like, oh, like I have a break. I'm just going to get surgery right here and it will be fine. And then I'm going to get back on the trail. And my parents were like, no, you are coming home. We're getting another opinion. And luckily we did get another doctor's opinion because it ended up being a lot more serious than we thought it was going to be. So then I remember 
recovering, being like drugged up after my surgery and on my dad's iPad and his text messages were synced with his iPad and he was texting one of his friends and he was, she, she's crazy. She thinks she's going back to the Appalachian trail. And I remember being like, yes, I will. Like, I'm going to show you, of course I'm going back. (laughs) So six weeks after I got cleared by my surgeon and had finished my PT, I went back to that exact same spot in Virginia. And it was actually really sad when I got there because when I was in Virginia, my whole trail family, which is the the group of people you call who you meet on the trail and end up forming these awesome relationships Mm -hmm. with, they were in New Hampshire. So by the time that I got back on trail in Virginia, they were almost done. Uh, So that was just really upsetting at first. And I think I could have had that kind of spook me because it changed my whole experience because I went from having a trail family to them being there on my own behind a ton of hikers. But it actually lit this drive in me to go really fast. And I really did it alone from that point all the way to Maine. Mm. I was alone for most of it. And it was exactly what I needed because I loved feeling like I'm just taking care of myself and pushing myself. And I got really into seeing how long I could go each day. (laughs) It was a a wonderful challenge. And when I did the PCT, I was, uh, I think, chasing that same feeling that I had on the AT of I can do hard things, I can push myself, but I had already had that experience. So when I was on the PCT, I almost wanted to quit after the first 600 miles because I was just nostalgic for my Appalachian Mm -hmm. Trail experience. It was coming up short. And that's when I took a moment to pause and slow down. And I developed an incredible trail family. Uh, We called ourselves the Blob because there were 11 of us. It was insane. And I hiked from mile 600 all the way to mile 2600 with this group. Really? And And it was really awesome to then have a completely opposite of experience where I was dependent on these folks um, emotionally and physically, like going through the Sierras that year, there were some terrible stream crossings that I had to have people like pull me across. So it was very two different experiences. And uh, I think I learned different things from each of them and loved them in a different way. What are the odds of 11 strangers being able to stick together? through that many miles when you all have different paces, you all have different styles. That's incredible. Yeah, it was really fun. And like, sometimes we would uh, break up like a little bit, but then once we were back in town, we would sync up. But one thing that some uh, folks in our group loved to do was if we were just outside of town, so we were probably mid 30, 30 miles away from town, usually we'd plan on going in the next day. But you'd hear someone packing up their tent. It's 5.30 a.m. And then they would yell, town day. And we're like, okay, I guess I'm doing 35 miles today. And I hadn't planned on it, but okay. And uh, we would make our way into town. We loved going into town. So I'm sure the town loves you. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun way to see the United States. And uh, sometimes we'd go to bars and do karaoke. And it was, it was fun. What um, was one of your longest days in terms of mileage or t- or hours? Because it's relative. Yeah. So on the PCT, Oregon is really, really flat. We did back-to-back 50 milers, like a lot. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And any through the night or no? Uh, a lot of times we would start at 5.30 and end at 9. And just by hiking, we were able to do 50 miles, which is crazy. <laughs> wow. Did you meet any Canadians on the either of those treks? 
I don't think so. I'm sure I did, but I met a lot of folks from uh, one of my best friends was from New Zealand mm. and we actually still keep in touch. She came to visit me last year. She's visiting me in a month. And then I've met like Australians and uh, one of my friends is from Brussels, but I don't know. I'm sure I met Canadians, but I can't when I got to the border. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is the most popular direction, would you say? Uh, north to south. So yeah, so Georgia to Maine or uh, California to Oregon, so south to north. But there's one other trail that remains, which is called the Continental Divide Trail. So that one goes through the middle of the country. And most folks, since it goes through Colorado, have to wait it out for Colorado to melt mm. out. So they will go from uh, Canada to Mexico. So that's the only one that most people do the opposite direction. Oh, okay. okay, that's oh. interesting. Is there when, oh, this would be interesting, if you start on Pacific, up the center, and then down, <laughs> continue. We have people who have done no. that. Like, a, like an S. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people who do calendar year triple crowns is what they call it. And they'll try to find ways to connect <laughs> all of the trails. And a lot of times they end up doing a lot of road walking. Yeah, yeah. That would be over a year. Oh my I would think so. If one trail takes you half, well, 118 days. How yeah. long did Pacific take? 119 days. Oh my gosh, so close. Well, it's flatter. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, but <laughs> in kilometers, it's 700 kilometers difference. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. The terrain is a lot easier on the PCT. Mm -hmm. So the Appalachian Trail is much more steep and rocky and broody. And we have the saying called embrace the suck on the Appalachian Trail. I absolutely loved it. But if I would have done it second, that would have been terrible. <laughs> the Appalachian Trail just was near Trenchfoot a lot of Ooh. days and it was steep. And the PCT is like just beautiful, perfect temperature, no humidity. <laughs> flatter, easier to get miles done. Do you have any goals to do any through hiking outside of the US? Um, I would love to do some trails in New Zealand. So as I mentioned, my one of my good friends lives there. Uh, she was trying to sync up with me to do one this year. That was it took me, I think, probably four days to get to the actual location flying and driving. <laughs> I would have had a short amount of time off. But I think for the most part, I would love to do more stuff in the United States, the Colorado Trail or the Continental Divide Trail. I'm definitely going to do sometime, but usually I do it when I get tired of corporate America or need a break. And right now I feel energized and fine and good with where I'm at right now. Well, we have one for you. Ooh, it's, what it's is it called? The Bruce Trail and it's Bruce in Ontario. I don't know if you know, but Ontario is a very large province. It takes over 24 hours to drive through it. Oh. And the Bruce Trail is a thousand kilometers. Wow. And okay. it starts in Tobermory, which is a I national think, park. Of yes, it's in a national park. And it goes south to Niagara Falls, right at the border. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So way closer than flying all the way to New Zealand. <laughs> exactly. So you should check it out. Yeah. yeah. I think the record for this trail is. Eight, eight days? Eight days and change. Eight days? Yeah. <laughs> There's been some. There's been a few runners recently yeah. that have broke each other's records, like in a day apart. Yeah, in short, <laughs> short succession. It was pretty crazy, but check that one out. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. I, I mean, I love my roots. Always are in backpacking, yeah. so always like for a nice, fun trail to do. Uh, on these trails, have you? Before I get into my next question, I wonder if you ever encountered any bears. Yeah. So on the Appalachian Trail, I encountered a lot, but they were all black bears and super skittish. I never felt scared. 
What's weird is I think I was a little bit ignorant on both trails where I was like, no creature is going to hurt me. I'm fine. And just ignorance was bliss. <laughs> and I never was scared of animals, which when I tell people that they're like, you didn't get scared when you heard things in the night. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> and I still, when I, I go backpacking alone all the time and my parents are always worried and my friends are always worried. I'm like, it's fine. Yep. I, I just sleep so sound. I'm not scared. <laughs> that brings you to my, or brings us to the next question about you completing your first hundred miler called the bear. Yes. Oh, the bear. oh my! That's goodness. why I'm talking about bears. Yeah. I actually, I'm still planning for like all big adventures that I do. I get a tattoo. Mm. Um, so I have one for the Appalachian trail, one for the Pacific crest trail, and I'm still thinking about my one for the bear, but I will have to get it soon. Uh, the bear was just like a buildup of multiple years. Because you know how I said with the Appalachian Trail, I signed up for my first ultra marathon the day I finished. When I finished the Pacific Crest Trail, that day that I finished, I said, I'm setting up a list of things I want to accomplish after this. And it was like a list of 10 items. I checked all of them off besides run a hundred miler in 2020. <laughs> but I like to say that it wasn't my fault. All races got canceled in 2020. <laughs> I don't think I would have been prepared anyways. But um so when I finished the PCT, that was the next big thing of, I really want to run a hundred miles. And with moving to Salt Lake city, I was like, perfect. This is the best place to train. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, entered the lottery for the Wasatch 100 mm -hmm. and I got into it for the 2020 race. And I was training like alone all the time. I was new to the area. I didn't have a running community yet. I would spend most of my friends at the time were climbers. So I would spend my Saturday and Sunday alone on the trails trying to run. And one time I convinced my friend who's a big biker to do one of these 20 mile uh, runs, training runs. And uh, he always be like, oh, like you're a fitness princess. You're so happy. And he was, oh no, have the demons overtaken you? Because I was so upset, so frustrated. I was like, why am I even training for this? <laughs> and that day I was, I'm not going to do it. And the very next day, uh, when I was about to withdraw an ultra sign up, we got an email saying it's canceled because of COVID. And I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> that's so I got pushed to then 2021. Mm -hmm. And in 2021, I was okay, this is the year. Now I'm going to do it. I uh, started training again, uh, got burnt out and was, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then another year <laughs> went by. And this time I, there's something mentally where if I have a race on the calendar for too long, I get very mm. nervous and I intentionally entered the wait list. And from all the odds and from talking to the race director, they're like, you're going to get off it um, probably in July. And that's exactly what happened. I got off the waitlist in July and the race for those of you who don't know is in the middle of September. Uh, so it worked out perfectly because I had been in really good shape. I had been training without having to have the thought of I'm intensely training. And when I found out that I was in, I was like, perfect. Like I am in the prime spot where I'm supposed to be. If I were training for hundred, I had done lots of, uh, big backpacking days, lots of long runs had had some other 50 miler races and adventure runs. So when I find found out, it was just wonderful because I had had just an amazing support system and training buddies and 
every single person when they found out that I got in was, can I crew you? Can I pace you? And I found a way to make it so I could have five pacers, Wow! which most people have like three or one. And I was like, you can have me for nine miles and then you can get me for 15 miles. And it was just such a testament to the community that's been built here and just a bunch of badass ladies. So there's this picture of me across, like getting close to crossing the finish line. And I had 10 people run me across the finish Mm -hmm. line, which just made it so much better knowing that it was a group effort and that it had been three years in the making to get me to that point. It was really emotional. I can imagine. And that's the bear crossing the finish line. Yep. Crossing (laughs) the bear. That was in September, September, 2022. And going back, so you signed up for Wasatch first and then you end up doing the bear. So would you consider now going back to finish Wasatch? Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North, celebrating Canada's national parks, features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff, and then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. No, uh, hard no. I, okay, so I love Salt Lake City so, so much, but I hate running in the heat. I just cannot stand it. So most of my runs were not in the Wasatch for the summer. So like in the spring, in the fall, for sure here. But as soon as it gets hot, 80, people are like, it's only 80 degrees in the mountains, still very hot. I would head up to the Tetons. And the Wasatch takes place and is early September. And it's not as, I think it's just like more rocky, more dry mm-hmm. than the bear, even though they're really close to each other. The Wasatch is just much more dry, much more hot. And then two weeks later, which is crazy, the seasons turn so quickly. The bear, which is 50 miles away from the start of the Wasatch, so pretty close, is just beautiful uh, yellow aspen trees. Mm-hmm nice and cool. It actually was really, really, really cold at night. There's something called Peter Sinks, which is one of the coldest places in the United States. And we ran through there. So I felt like I dealt more with dealing with cold weather than hot weather. Wow. About the bear, that this history behind the bear is about an actual bear that did roam the area back in the 1900s. Did you know about that? No, that's so cute. Maybe you're going to help give me (laughs) ideas for my that's that's why they named this race the bear because back in the early 1900s there was this big bear about 10 foot tall named old Ephraim 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 Ephraim. and and they and he roamed and terrorized the area back in the day and so that's why they named it the bear but the actual cemetery of the bear there's a there's a big statue of this bear close to that it's very close to the course to the course I'm just yeah so you did not see the statue no. The statue was 11 feet tall. I did not do my due diligence. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going back this year to pace a friend. So I will make a, a, an effort to go and check that out and make her take a photo of it. And I'll tell her all about the history. There you go. Now, like, did you know the race you're running? <laughs> that, uh, if you could just take an Instagram, because we would love to see you beside the statue of this bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be the first photo. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the history of the bear, which now it intrigues me to go do it because I love theme events i loved i i I loved the race it was so pretty so well run so much fun i feel like i made so many friends while i was out there 
And it was just great to go through the darkness with all of the wonderful people out there. <laughs> so pretty. I think I'd like to segue now into WOW, Women of the Wasatch. <laughs> I love that you use our acronym. We use we say WOW all the time. People are like, I mean, Women of the Wasatch. I'm like, I mean, WOW. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, in Moab, the three-day stage race, I ran with another girl. We just, we knew each other, but we just decided we were similarly paced and we said, okay, if you, if you need to run ahead or you want to split up, we're both cool with it. But we ended up staying with each other all the time, the whole three days. And our word of the race was wow, because every time we climbed up or we turned a corner, there's another incredible view. And we just looked at each other and went, wow. Oh, I love that. That's so nice to have a buddy for a race like that. No, it's the first time it ever happened for me. And because typically I run alone, like a train alone, or I run with Norm, and neither one of us are big talkers. So I'm always mm-hmm. really nervous to pair up with someone because, you know, I feel I pressure to talk if they're talking or, or stay with them or, or if stay with keep them. them behind. Or and there was none of that. And I've never had this in any other experience for that long of a distance mm-hmm. being able to yeah. share the time with someone so it was a great experience for me but anyways in the height of the pandemic literally the height of the pandemic october 2020 you started this group and i know it was because yeah. you were new to the area and you wanted to connect but what was the what, what was the main purpose for you personally to start this group because that has to be hard you you don't know anybody so how are you reaching out to connect people how did that all come together yeah so i felt kind of like a used car salesman cold calling some people at times but when so i moved here at the very end of 2019 uh i had made a couple of friends most of them were all men which is great love love all my guy friends but it became very evident to me that this is not the community that I like to lean on when it comes to just like anything in life. Like I mentioned, you you said that you don't really like to talk to people during running. I do the opposite. You would be terrified if you got stuck with me during a race. Cause I'm like, tell me about your life. Oh my gosh. Tell me about like your relationship. I feel like I get really, really deep and uh, build relationships while running. And I've never found a sport like that. That has made me feel so close to people. And I think one of the biggest things was training for that race and feeling so alone and just, just, I, I, it was not a great summer because COVID was going on. You're not hanging out with friends at inside anywhere. I'm running alone or I can sometimes get a friend to like meet me at the trailhead to then also run with me, but they're not runners. It was really hard uh, trying to get excited about something that. I didn't have to share with people. And I'm someone who needs accountability and needs uh, community in order to do much of like anything. Um, Side note, I'm super ADHD. So (laughs) a lot of times I'm like, I need accountability and I need like deadlines and I need someone to say, hey, meet me at the trailhead or it's really hard for me to go. And I had been missing community because of COVID. I had been missing community because I'm doing the sport that is supposed to give me joy and used to give me joy and is not. And the timing could not have been better where one of my best friends from Florida, who is on my cross country and track team moved to Salt Lake nice. and we were running together. And I was just, I miss this. Like I miss our running community. I miss having a team. I know running is 
made to be believe that it's not a team sport, but I really feel like it is. And I kind of put myself out there and messaged people on Instagram that I had been following and knew were in the area. One of my friends who's a big runner for ultra Jimmy Elam became one of my friends in Salt Lake and he had a lot of connections. So he was introducing me on Instagram to some of these ladies and I invited them to a run and we had like 10 people at our first run. And everyone was, this is so much fun. I feel like I was able to be social for the first time in a year. Mm -hmm. And that's the only time, especially in that time of the pandemic, where you can see people is outside, not super close on a trail, like not crammed on a sidewalk. And so I think I really needed it. But then when I saw how much everyone else really needed it, it gave me that validation and excitement to push it forward. And then we started with just like a group chat, like a a group me of 10 people. And I planned a run for every week and slowly started inviting some more people just on Instagram or asking if they wanted to run with me one-on-one, if they're intimidated to run with a group. And then if they were interested, then they would come. Uh, So did that throughout like October to March. And you kind of just had to hear about it through word of mouth. One of my friends actually heard of it through Bumble BFF. Uh, one person like ran with us and asked her to come. They were like, hey, since it's COVID, wanna, we're not going to go to a restaurant or go out to drinks. Want to come and meet me here. So then I started feeling like we were being kind of selfish where you had to know about mm. the group in order to be able to reap the benefits of it. Uh, but then it was still COVID. So I felt nervous about opening it up. But then March was when uh, vaccines came about. So as soon as that happened, uh, we made an Instagram and made this Instagram presence to then draw people in. So it's more open and welcoming than just you have to know about it. Uh, As soon as that happened, it grew exponentially. We went from having 20 people to having like 100 overnight. And not 100 people would show up to every single run. It's still like winter in the Wasatch in March. But it was really cool to see new faces every week uh, filter through and just people excited to meet new folks. And I think COVID gave a lot of folks the opportunity to move to somewhere that they were interested in actually living. And there were a lot of women in that group who had just moved to Salt Lake, like me, recently, and were trying to look for community. And this was the way to do it. Uh, was through this this running group. Mm. And now we have about, I think, like 700 members. <laughs> That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And so with that comes other things around how do we minimize logistics around like, how do we minimize our impact and like spread mm. out and get us to a spot that's on different trails. So it's been kind of a fun problem around everyone's welcome, but where can we meet where we can send them on different routes and uh, making sure that we're breaking people up. So it's like 15 people at a time, stuff like Mm -hmm. that has been been awesome. And now that we have this community, I'm really excited because other folks in the group are passionate about volunteering for races together and giving back to the race directors and race community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do trail maintenance two times every summer. So finding trails that that's one that we want to run on. So let's go and do that or trash collection. And now that we have such a big group, we can make a bigger impact, which is amazing. Wow. Well, we have a national virtual series called We Run the North, where we feature a national park in each one of our province and territories. One park per province that we feature every month. 
and we read that you were doing you were doing trips to the national parks with your group. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, should we switch it up and go to Canada? Yes. Yeah. So one of the biggest things about WOW that I'm super passionate about is I want folks to feel like if they've never run before, they can do an ultra marathon. Uh, and just being at these races, you all know, you can, if you show up and you have the mental willpower, you can get through mm-hmm. it. And of course, there's a bunch of training involved as well. But I really do believe no matter your age, no matter your past experience, you can get into the sport. And we uh, actually, right when we started the group, I have a lot of friends who definitely would not consider themselves runners, but they just happened to be my best friends. So then they were forced <laughs> to kind of become runners. So I was like, if you want to hang out, you can meet me to go for a long run. <laughs> uh, so a lot of these folks who had never run before running 50 milers, and I wanted to find a way of like, not just my close friends, but how could all women wow have access to this. Mm-hmm. And so every year we plan uh, sometimes twice a year, a trip to a national park. And we have women in the group. Uh, shout out to my friend, Justine. She plans a lot of them. It's wonderful. Um, where we logistically look through of all the different places that we can stop. So you can break up something like Teton uh, Traverse, or uh, you can break up something like the Zion Traverse or Teton Crest Trail, pardon. Uh, You can find places where you can bail. Mm. So if someone is not ready to go, they want to like dip their toes, they can opt to do a train up for a 13 mile national park run or if they are in between thinking that they can do the 13 or the 20 they have the option to stop at the 13th because we have people that will pick you up there or if they're feeling good they're going to push for the 20 which is just it's so cool when people like thought they were going to stop at one spot and continued on that happened with the zion traverse most folks were planning on stopping at the 20 and the zion traverse is 38 miles and Uh, My friend Joe and I were up in front and we assumed we were the only people who did the 38 because everyone had been saying, I don't know. I don't think I can do it. And when they got to that 20 mile mark, they decided to go (laughs) on. So we waited and saw a bunch of folks coming up the trail and uh, did the whole thing. So it's really awesome just to explore a new place that's so gorgeous in this way. And then also set up like a different challenge for folks with the option to bail if you really need to bail or push yourself if you're feeling good. Well, FOMO is a very strong uh, <laughs> factor, right? <laughs> There's no way you're going to stop when you're going to be hearing I everyone know. else's response of how the rest of it went. So <laughs> my friend uh, Emma was like in uh, finishing up uh, her MBA and like had not been running at all, at all. And she did zero miles to then running the Zion Traverse. And I was like, <laughs> Are you, is your body okay? <laughs> but, but. Well, our virtual national park series is called We Run the North. So check it out. I'm just Ooh, like yeah. to know if you would like to see or go to any one of these. Oh, we have some stunning national parks in Canada. Yeah. I kind of like the rugged, choose your own adventure, figure it out type mm-hmm. of thing. I love maps and uh, sometimes getting to a spot where I feel uncomfortable not knowing exactly where I'm right. going. You should check out the Yukon Territory. Oh, yeah, Yukon <laughs> or Northwest Territories. That's definitely choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, one thing that came to mind when I was reading the article 
um, that I really wanted to get your your input on is because for women, one thing that we always have to consider whenever we go out for a run or a hike, especially when we're going alone, is the safety element, right? And this is something that I don't think that our male counterparts can relate to because it's always there. It's not something you ever not think about. And you have things in place like your cell phone or you share your Garmin live track with someone. You know what I, you know what I mean? So yeah. a few months ago, there, obviously there's been incidents where pe- women running have been in violent situations. And one thing that came out of one recently where there were reputable organizations telling women you shouldn't run alone. Victim blaming. It's, and yeah. to me, I was so, fl- like, I had such a visceral reaction to that, telling women that you should not run alone and this is why. It's not the woman's fault. And I'm like, no, we should <laughs> we should run alone. Like, I mean, I'm the epitome of someone who, do- I love doing a million things alone. <laughs> and it is one of those things that's just, it, it makes me so frustrated that that's the expectation for us to change our behavior. Yes. Instead of figuring out how to prevent folks from attacking women, now that I am running WOW, it's crazy because when I think about just myself, I don't think about how do I keep myself, or I do, but I don't feel the liability of I must keep myself safe. I'm liable for myself. I'm not liable for other people. Wow. It's been super interesting because that has shifted now that I think about more people. So for our runs, we have say like, this is different because it's it's, uh, like a physical issue with like a a mountain lion, but we have spots where, okay, we know that there's like mountain lions in this area. So you must stay alone or you must stay with someone in this spot and we're going to have a no drop pacer. So if you ever find yourself running alone, come back and you'll always have someone to run with. So it's been interesting because- I think my view personally is for sure, run alone, run, do this, never change what you plan on doing for someone else. But when I think about my collective responsibility for wow, it's always about making sure that no one is alone and making sure that if they are falling behind of the folks in front of them, they come back to the group behind them and they always have a buddy. So it's been interesting because my core says, everyone should be allowed to do stuff on their own and we do not need to change that. But then when I have to organize for the collective, I have that thought in my mm-hmm. head of need to make sure that everyone feels safe because their risk tolerance, which is crazy that we have to think about of as risk is way, could be way different than right. mine where I'm like ignorance is bliss out on the trails, not thinking that there's ever going to be a bear going to attack mm-hmm. me. Whereas when I'm with, wow, I don't think about myself getting attacked or thinking about like the creepy person who is in the parking lot watching us. I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I need to make sure everyone on that group run is safe. It's an interesting shift. It is an interesting shift. I can see that being as a leader, you would Mm -hmm. think that way. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but it it (laughs) makes me really angry because, and especially I'm sure you've had this experience. I used to run with a dog. We don't have a dog anymore. So I've thought about it a little bit more. But you know when you come across someone and they you're on the middle of a trail, kind of in the middle of nowhere, 
the least you want is some eye contact and like a head nod. And if I don't get that, I actually get really angry because <laughs> it makes me now feel, oh, wait a minute. They didn't acknowledge me. Do I need to be worried? <laughs> yeah, this is one of the saddest things about like the Appalachian Trail is uh, my parents would ask me like if I was scared about the animals that were near me or if I ended up like hitchhiking and getting in the car with someone that was more of like my choice. Right. But there were times, uh, I think it happened twice. I mentioned I was a single woman from Virginia on hiking where I had to out hike men who were being super creepy mm -hmm. to me. They were other through hikers, which is just so sad and terrible where you're yeah. like, you don't want to have to feel that way about your own community. But I had two situations where I felt like I was being stalked mm -hmm. and my solution was to out hike them. And I was like, I'm, it's fine. I'm fit. I'll just out hike them. But I'm like, why do I have to deal with this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so fresh. And I also had the thought of just because I'm a single woman on the Appalachian trail does not mean I am interested in you. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. <laughs> that was like the last thing on my mind. Especially being out there for a hundred days. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, that's one of those things that's just so sad to think back on of how I did change my own actions to get away from someone instead of I, I don't know it's yeah. Yeah. Well, well fortunately it's the minority and mm -hmm. it's you know it, and it's education mm -hmm. and it's informing women how to deal with it mm -hmm. or how to react and don't let it stop you that's yeah. my biggest fear is that people won't like i've had women friends say to me you run alone on the trail damn right i do yeah i i don't need to be chaperoned this is oh, this is my yeah. right as a human being <laughs> and your group wow is is getting women out there which is amazing and and making them feel more confident yeah. exactly because i feel like no one would just go and or i feel like a lot of folks have hesitancy to just go and be like, do I even know this trail? Do I know where I'm going? Or do I like, is this an okay area? And I feel like showing up to a wow run gives them the like, okay, this is safe. This is normal to then feel comfortable doing it on their own when they want to do it another day. That's not our wow day. Exactly. So bravo. <laughs> Thank you. I love, uh, I just love the community that we've been building. And where can everyone find you? Yes, please share. Uh, so for Women of the Wasatch, we're at Women of the Wasatch underscore. We sadly could not get the official one. And then uh, for my personal one, I am at where dot is dot mayor. Where is mayor? Okay. And this is on Instagram as well? Yep. So these are all, these are Instagram. Yep. Right. I, I don't really use anything else. <laughs> and the Instagram has a link to the website as well. Yes. 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 yes, yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So well, whenever we're in the Salt Lake city. Oh, we're going back to Utah. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Yes, I know. <laughs> I can, I can come with you guys for a day, right? Oh, for sure. We have, <laughs> we have open runs. We've had so many guys, uh, have FOMO. And so around, uh, four times a year, we'll have an event where anyone is allowed to come. So a lot of folks want to like bring their partners or their friends and they're nice. like, we've been missing out on the fun. We want to be included. So we'll open it up every now and then. Right well, on. we're coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. 
It was so nice chatting with you guys. But before we let you go, we like to end with a little rapid fire just for fun. Oh, so if you okay. don't mind. Okay. You ready? All right. Uh, favorite running song? Uh, Till I Collapse. Oh, yeah. Eminem. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> favorite junk food? Uh, Star Patch Kids. Oh, you go for the candy. Got it. So you you how many tattoos do you have? Uh, three. 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 And you're going to get one for the bear, right? Yep. What about Wow? You get one for Wow? Oh, I will. If I ever have to move, I'll get one for Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. What's the last concert you went to? Uh, I can't remember the last one, but my next one is Big Wild. Oh, okay. Saturday. Are they a more local? Like EDM-ish. Kind of. Oh, EDM. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, what's your go-to post-run or hike reward food-wise? Uh, a vegan Philly cheesesteak. Ooh, so specific. Vertical Diner for those in Salt Lake City. <laughs> what's it What's it made of? Uh, Satan. I don't think I said that word right, but that's how it's spelled. <laughs> like S-A-T-A-N? Yeah. yeah, like Satan. 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 Oh, that's I a new one for me. What do you... What? I'm just also wondering the movie that Witherspoon did. What trail did she do when she did that oh, movie? Wild. So Asterix, one thing that through hikers always are like, she technically didn't do the whole trail, but it's still a wonderful movie. Um, but it's it's a it's a technicality. We'll still get the tour. <laughs> but which which trail did was it? Oh, PCT. That one's the PCT. PCT. Okay. PCT. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you superstitious? No. No. Sometimes I wish I was. I, I think it's fun to be scared, but I am not. <laughs> okay. And last question. Pick a superpower. A superpower. I would like to teleport. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. Absolutely. That's the number one answer. <laughs> <laughs> Better fly, but basically teleporting is flying very fast. Yeah. Oh, fun. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Meredith. It was great chatting with you. You as well. Thank you. And so come much. to Canada. We got some parks. I here know. For you. I have to now. I'm going to look up all these <laughs> national parks after this call. Check out the Bruce Trail right yes, now. Yes, Bruce Trail. That should be the first one you look up. Yes, I will. <laughs> all right. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. That was Meredith Johnson from Salt Lake City, founder of Women of the Wasatch. And in honor of March, which we're recording this session in, which is Women's History Month. So I wanted to chat with her about why she founded that group and why it's important. Well, she didn't know how to do how to start it, but she ends up with 700 joiners now. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Amazing. And pretty fast. Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, it was a void that needed to be filled. So mm -hmm. good for her. And she took on the bear, <laughs> which <laughs> didn't know the history of it, but now she's going to go back and take a picture of this with the statue. <laughs> 11 foot tall statue you can't miss it it's the one over there <laughs> very cool yeah it was and hey another reason for us to get back to salt lake there you go <laughs> yeah i'm on the next plane out <laughs> and that is it for us today see you next time stay tuned we are your hosts jody and norman if you've enjoyed the show please leave us a rating and review on apple podcast or wherever you're listening Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Gotta Run Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. 
Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.